0: Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. This is Pastor Sam, and uh, we've had a lot of technical difficulties here this week, and so that's why this is a little bit of a delayed podcast, and also why I'm uh, by myself. The recordings that we did have, um, they, they didn't go through. But today we're going to be looking at a very, very current event, a, a real issue that is has really really gotten some people up in a stir, and this is the idea of praying for those who are in our authority. Uh, those who are who are in uh, authority over us. Uh, we're going to be looking at that idea of praying for specifically our president. Now, of course, this came up as a big deal recently through David Platt and what happened at his church when Donald Trump, President Trump, uh, came and visited him. It was uh, quite the, the the interesting thing there as first of all, uh, Platt has been uh, very much outspoken against conservative politics and against Donald Trump also. Now, I think there are some reasons why people could be uh, critical of Donald Trump, but not for the reasons that David Platt has been. And that's uh, really caused a, a great issue, I would say, because basically David Platt from his T4G conference wants to push identity politics, and of course, a leftist point of view. And so that's why he has gone and uh, really been against uh, Trump and the things that Trump has done. But nonetheless, Trump came there and Platt brought him up on stage and he prayed for Trump. Now, I don't want to go and break down that prayer. That's that's already been broken down several times. And of course, I think there, uh, just the idea of the principle of him praying for the president is a good thing. But I think there are some things in there that he said that we, you know, you could go over and could uh, take issue with, and, and that's that's fine. That's not where I want to take this podcast. That's not the direction I want to take. Rather, what I want to take uh, this podcast and the the direction and and where we're going is specifically looking at uh, two things. One. The response that people had. Now, I'm talking about those who would have been followers of David Platt who agree with his identity politics. I, I agree with that critical race theory that he went and he showed at the T4G conference when he asked the question, Why are our churches so white? and he preached from Amos. Well, when he did that, uh, the people who, who amen that, who agree with that, who are pushing this identity politics and this critical race theory in our nation and in our evangelical circles, in our Christian circles, really, uh, and, and maybe that's broadening that circle too much to go into say that, but, but the people who are pushing that narrative, a lot of them had a lot of pushback on David Platt. In fact, they had so much of a pushback on David Platt that he apologized for praying for the president he brought up an apology. Now some of the the sympathizers for Platt would go and say that wasn't an apology. I disagree with him. I believe it was an apology. And, and, and there is a big issue here. First of all, I, I want you to understand that this is social justice. This is an arm of social justice as to what's going on in basically the idea of People came out and they said, hey, David Platt, you're not understanding. You're not going with our intersectionality narrative. You're not going with a social justice narrative. And so you you need to apologize. In fact, I went so far as to see one guy, Kyle Howard, I believe is his name on Twitter, who, who basically went and said, you know, that that would put uh, would have put him and his, his wife into basically some post-traumatic stress disorder kind of a thing, a, 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 a stress disorder if they, they brought the president up and were praying for the president. Now, I want to go and look at those kind of responses. Now, we're not going to go and detail them and look at them, but I want to to you to have that in your mind, how people went and they responded wrongly in that way. And we're going to look at scripture as what it says as to how we're to pray for the president. That's what I want to look at today is go to 1 Timothy chapter 2. Now, I'm hoping I'm hoping that if you're listening to this, you have your Bible. And uh, if not, hopefully you can uh, hit pause and, and pull up your Bible. But But if not, let me go ahead and read this passage of Scripture for you. 1 Timothy chapter 2, and I'm going to start in verse 1. It says, Therefore I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus, who gave himself "...a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, uh, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth." Now, that's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Now, I want to focus in here on the first couple of verses uh, to start off with, and then we're really going to uh, d- dig into this and, and look at this passage as a whole. But it says, Therefore, I exhort first of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority. First of all, we need to understand something. We are called to pray for all men. It, it doesn't matter what you think of this person. It doesn't matter how evil this person is. It doesn't matter how much you dislike this person, how much you disagree with them. It, it, it doesn't matter. We are called to pray for all men. Now, it gives us uh, a specific way to pray for these, these men, and it says uh, prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks, be made, excuse me, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks, be made for all men. So there's four different ways that we are to go and to be praying specifically for people. But then it goes and it says specifically kings and those who are in authority. Now, definitely Donald Trump, as, as our president, would, would fit that idea and that narrative. He would fit into that category. And if people would disagree with that and say, well, he's not a king and things like that, and you want to get technical about it. Uh, how the elected officials are supposed to work for the people because we are a government by the people, for the people, and of the people. Hey, I get that argument. I make that argument quite a bit. But he definitely fits into this category of all people, of all people. He is a person. Donald Trump is a person, and so he fits into that category of people that we're to be praying for. Now, I want us to get a little bit of the context in the narrative as we've already read this passage, but to understand specifically how those four ways of prayer work. The intercession, excuse me, let me go over them in order. The supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks that that are made for all men. I I want us to look at the context here so we can understand really what's going on. And we're going to look at the historical context of this also. Uh, I I preach this sermon quite a bit, and so... um, uh, I'm going to try to keep it to 27 minutes here or half an hour, but we'll see if we can really do that. In fact, th- this is probably my first controversial sermon that I ever preached. I was about 17 years old and I preached this this passage uh, specifically in, in minds and, and called them out by name. Uh, Barack Obama, that we need to be praying for him and praying in a very specific way. And one way that I, I said that we need to be praying for him is for his salvation, because he is unsaved. And people didn't like that so much. But we look at this idea here. I pray, therefore, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So first of all here, we need to understand that we are praying uh, in such a way that it is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So this is important to understand. We're we're praying for God's will, and this is an, an important principle when it comes to prayer. Prayer is to establish God's will on earth, not our will in heaven. Prayer is to establish God's will on earth. It's not to establish our will in heaven. Understand that, okay? And this is what it's saying here. It's going to be good and acceptable if we pray in this specific way. If we pray these four things here, uh, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. If we do this, it's 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 good and acceptable to God, our Savior. But, but then we, he comes and he says, Who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth? For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Now we see this here. Now I really wish we could go and in and break that all down if I have time afterwards, which I doubt that I will. I will go and break that all down, that idea of, of how Christ is, is the mediator and how um how he is a ransom for all in that word anti-Lutron in the Greek and what that means uh in as compared to normally what's used as Lutron and things like that. But 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 I don't think we're probably gonna have time for that today. Um but I want us to get this simple narrative down. What is being asked here by the Apostle Paul is to pray for all men, but specifically to remember to pray for their salvation. This is really pointing for praying to salvation. Now, you might be saying, now, hold on here. W- why would he be doing that for all men? Well, it's pretty simple. Broad is a path that leads to destruction. Narrow is the path that leads to life. Few there find it. This is the reality that we need to understand if we're going to read the Bible and understand it, and, and look at what it says. We we need to quit going around believing that everybody's saved because not everybody is saved. In fact, the Bible is very clear: most people are not saved. Now, of course, we, we've lived in a, a Christian culture. Uh, that people have been Christianized. Now we're actually in a post-Christian culture, but, but we live in a, a, the remnants of a Christian culture where perhaps we have had in the United States a much higher percentage of actual Christians, people who have accepted Christ as their Savior. I understand that, and I'm not trying to devalue that, but the reality of it is, is that as the grand scheme of things, most people around the world are unsaved. Now, especially here in the historical context of what was being talking be, talking about, because this is right when, um, when the church is starting. Okay. It's just started. It hasn't, I mean, it started to grow and explode and things like that, but I mean, it's, it, it's, it's pretty centralized here. There, there is no, uh, there, there is no Christian nations. There, there isn't things like that. It's, it's, it's pretty, pretty small. It's pretty slow, small, and, uh, it's, it, it, it is what it is. Most people are against Christians at that time. The Jews are persecuting the Christians. The Romans are persecuting the Christians. The Roman authorities specifically are persecuting Christians, which is something that we're going to be looking at here in just a little bit. That's that's very important and really vital to understand. But we, we see here the point that we need to understand is that the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy to pray, to pray for all men, specifically kings and those who are in authority, for their salvation. That that is the number one prayer thing. That's that's not the only thing we can pray about for them. We should pray about other things, but but we should specifically be praying for their salvation. Now, when you look at Donald Trump, here's the thing. I'm going to say something that's probably a, a little bit unpopular with the conservative crowd, but that's okay. I don't mind being unpopular to be biblically accurate. You'll know them by their fruit. Donald Trump, I'm sorry, but you need to hear this as Christians. He's for homosexuality, and he's not truly an abolitionist. He doesn't really want to abolish abortion. So therefore, now, now I think he's he's moving on that side. Understand here? I'm not trying to sit here. People get mad at me and they say, "Oh, you say Donald Trump's not pro-life, and you go and you you you, you get on him and you you do all these things." Yep, yep, yep. But 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 hear me out here. Hear me out. Trump hasn't really taken a stand for pro-life. Now, he, he's done it when it's been politically convenient, Has he said positive things about being pro-life, but, but you can't think that it's a coincidence. If you do, maybe you're, you've drank a little too much Trump Kool-Aid, and, and that is Trump, when he goes and he says uh, positive things about pro-life, it always is when it's popular, It's always when it's popular. He started off, in fact, uh, back when he was uh, campaigning in in one of the first uh, debates that he was in that that covered this issue. In fact, I believe it was the first debate that he was in that covered this issue. He came out, and he wasn't pro-life. And, of course, that got quite a bit of backlash. And then the next thing we knew, he was pro-life, saying he was pro-life. Now, we go and we we hear, okay, he's pro-life. And then he goes and he signs an omnibus bill that, that doesn't go and defund Planned Parenthood that he could have easily vetoed. And he goes and says, "But I'm never going to do that again." And so all the Trump guys say, "Hey, let's give him a pass. Let's give him a pass." And then what happens? Comes around again, and he does the the same exact thing. Okay, he signs the bill, he funds Planned Parenthood uh, for a second time. Now I don't know where all these Trump guys were because I I heard a lot of people say, "Well, I'll say Trump's not pro life if he does that again." But he gets one pass. He gets one pass. You know how many murders do you uh, do you have to have on your hands before you you quit having a pass? I'm I'm curious by that. Now, I'm not sitting here just bashing on Trump. Understand that that's not my point. My point is to point out something very, very important. The fruit that are in Trump's life, okay? The idea of he's not pro-life, he's for homosexual marriage, um, and not just for homosexual marriage, he's for homosexuality. Like, like there is no getting around this. Okay, he he sat there and and was, you know, promoting Pride Month. He was the very first person to be elected president and running on a pro-homosexual campaign. Okay, you can't get around those facts for for first term, first term. The first person to get elected for his first term uh, running pro-homosexual marriage and pro-homosexuality. I mean, you, you just can't get around those things. And of course, you know, we have the, the crude, uh, what, what we call it, locker room language. We have the, the fact that he's multiple times divorced. Okay, nobody's going and saying, even the biggest Trump fans, nobody's saying this, this guy is a super moral guy. And the reality of it is, you'll know them by their fruit. Okay, you, you know a tree by its fruit. Donald Trump, according to his fruit, if you ask me, he's not saved. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be saved. That doesn't mean that he hasn't done great things. I love that he moved uh, the embassy in Jerusalem. Uh, to uh, to the idea of he, he moved that from Jerusalem to Tel Aviv. I mean, that, that was a, a really, really good thing. Uh, or excuse me, wrong way. He moved it from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Uh, excuse me, there was something that popped up there and I was looking at that. Uh, but, but yeah, he, he did that. And I like some of the other things that Donald Trump has done. I like some of the stands Trump has made. So I'm not saying this is a, is a huge knock on Trump, but I think it's just a dose of reality. And so I think it, there, it, at the very least, it's very safe for us to pray for Donald Trump's salvation. But, but how are we to pray? It says, I, I exhort there, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. So we see here, first of all, uh, that we are to to pray uh, with supplications. Now, this is speaking of an idea of a need. Praying for an idea of a need, somebody's true need. Now, we look at the context of this. The true need of every individual before they're saved is salvation. So it is right to pray, specifically to pray for his salvation and anybody else we know who's unsaved, or we would think is unsaved, to pray for their salvation. Now, if you're gonna sit here and say, well, I believe Donald Trump's saved, that's that's fine. I, I'm I'm not gonna go and, and draw a line between you and me. Hopefully you wouldn't do, do the same, but I would encourage you with supplication then to pray for his need, which is sanctification, which is sanctification. That is, it would be his true need, just as every Christian believer, every Christian is a believer or they're not a Christian, so sorry for being redundant there, uh, but for every believer is that idea of we need sanctification in our life. We need to be able uh, to, to grow. We need to be able to grow. We need to continue to grow. That's, uh, that's important for us. It's, it's vital that we understand that. Um, also, uh, then the idea there is it's not just the idea of supplications, but then um, it says supplications and prayers, supplications, and prayers. Now this idea of prayer, this is just the general term, just the general word for prayer, and this is that idea of praying in accordance with God's will, praying in such a way that worships God. So we're going out there, we're praying in such a way that worships God. So we're going to go and we're going to pray, and that means we're seeking God's will. Now here's the wonderful thing here we see right here, and my Calvinist friends aren't going to like me very much for saying this, but uh, too bad, this is scripture. What is God's will? What is God's desire? He says here, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires some men, nope, he says all men, and all means all, that's all all means, who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what it says. So we can know that when we are praying, now this doesn't mean all men are going to be saved, you know, some of the Calvinists, uh, the, the hardcore, and really by Calvinist, what I'm meaning is determinist out there. There's there's very little difference between a determinist, a uh, Christian determinist and a secular determinist. The the Christian determinists just like to say that God determined it. The secular determinists, guys like Sam Harris, like to sim- simply say that, um, that evolution determined it, that there was a, and I don't know how he gets by the idea of what, what was the original cause, but... But, but the determinists out there would, would like to go in to say that, that some men would be saved, or if you go and you say, all uh, oh, God desires all men to be saved, they, they like to go and say, oh, so you, you're a universalist. No, that's the ridiculous thing here. I believe in a moral free agency. So no, I'm not a determinist. But, but we look at here, God desires all men to be saved. Not everybody will be saved, but some men will be saved. And so when we pray, we pray in accordance with God's will. Even if we hate Donald Trump, which, which some of these people do hate Donald Trump. They'll go and say, oh, no, no, I don't hate Donald Trump. But if I see him, it's going to put me in post-traumatic stress disorder. If I see him up there on stage, you know, oh, I'm sorry for praying for Donald Trump. I'm sorry. Hold on. Hold on. Let's just think about this. God's desire is, if you believe that Donald Trump is that evil, obviously you must think that he's unsaved would be my my first assumption. But God desires all men to be saved. So we should want them to be saved too. If Trump has done you wrong, which most of these people who are saying that Trump has done them wrong, he hasn't. Just just saying. He hasn't. Okay? I, I'm thankful for Trump standing against critical race theory, identity politics, this garbage of intersectionality, this social justice and things like that. I'm very thankful for that. But we look at this and let me tell you, you need to pray for Trump's salvation. This is a command. I exhort. Yep. Exhortation exhortation is this idea of like a running partner. Okay, sometimes a running partner is running next to you saying, hey, good job, good job, keep running, run faster. But sometimes the running partner comes and spikes you in the back of the calf and says, you better hurry up, buddy. Come on, let's go. Sometimes he goes and he streaks on past you as fast as he can uh, in order to break your pace. That's what a running partner does sometimes, a, a good running partner. And that's what the apostle Paul is doing sometimes here is that he is telling people something that they don't want to hear. And that is that even if you don't like Donald Trump, even if you hate Donald Trump, you need to pray for him, but you need to pray specifically for salvation or sanctification. If you believe he's saved, you need to pray for him. You need to pray for him. And that honors God. You need to do it in such a way as the way that God desires it. How how does God view Donald Trump? God views Donald Trump as somebody he came and died on the cross to save. That's how God views Donald Trump. So that's how we need to be praying for him, is seeking his salvation or seeking his sanctification so that he can become more like Christ, just as we've to pray for everybody, by the way. But then it says intercessions, intercessions. Now, this is a really interesting idea, this idea of intercessions. It's the idea of taking part of taking part of. It's that idea of going in in recognizing with. When we are praying for people, we are interceding on behalf of them. We are going in between. We are taking their case before God. It, it, I mean, and, and you think about this here, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, they intercede for us. We are to go and to be intercessors going on behalf of these people for them. Wow. Think about that think about that. in these people who are going and saying, I'm so offended that you prayed for Donald Trump. I would go into post-traumatic stress disorder. Then you're a terrible Christian or you're not a Christian at all. If that's your view, if that's your view, then you are a terrible Christian. And th- that's something that we need to understand. It's something that we need to, to look at and, and recognize. We need to intercede. We need to take part. How can we take part? Well, first of all, there is a recognition here, and I believe it was um, Charles Spurgeon who originally said this. I believe he was the, the, uh, the originator of this quote. And that quote is, is that we're just beggars trying to show the other beggars where the food is. Uh, you, you see, prayer is a position of dependence. It's not a position of entitlement, which is where a lot of these Christians are coming from that were so offended that David Platt prayed for Donald Trump. Now, I'm not saying that you need to agree with David Platt's prayer. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, I, I probably would have some disagreements with it, but I'm just talking about this as a general principle because uh, he, he was cannibalized by his own, David Platt was. He was he was eaten by his own. Uh, the, the The lefties got the leftist on this one. But this is something that's important that we realize and that we recognize, and that is... That we are just beggars trying to show the other beggars where the food is. We recognize that no matter how evil, how bad Donald Trump was, we were in the same state as him now. I'm not trying to say all sins are equal because that, that's, that's a story for another day. Um, but what I'm trying to get at is the idea of we were heading in the same direction. We were on the same path, and that path was to hell. Our boat was going to the same destination, as what somebody who's unsaved is, if you believe Donald Trump is unsaved. Now, if you believe that uh, that he's saved, this idea of intercession is is that uh, hopefully, you know, we, we are mature Christians. That's the goal. But the idea is, is even if we're not, that we've had areas in our life that we've needed to sanctify, that, that we need to go and in fix and become more like Christ and we've disappointed God with because we've sinned in our life. But we need to pray recognizing the state that the person's in. Recognizing that state. Realizing what's going on in their life, and then realizing what's what has gone on in our life. And of course, that naturally leads us to that last one, and that is giving of thanks. Giving of thanks. No matter when we're praying for somebody for a Christian, we can always be thankful. The Christian can always be thankful. Why? Because we're saved, or we're not a Christian. We're saved, we've accepted Christ as our savior. We have it better than what we deserve. It's this idea of going, and and though we're praying, we're praying for a person's need. We're, We're praying not just for their need, but we're praying then in a way that honors God and is in accordance with God's will. It's, excuse me, it's worship. Then we're also going and praying with a recognizing of their need because we've had that need in our life, whether it was salvation or whether it was sanctification, we've had that need in our life as Christians. And then the fourth thing is here, we can give thanks because God has saved us, or even if we're praying for sanctification, God has sanctified us in certain areas. We have grown. I sure hope that's true in your life anyway. I sure hope that is true. Well, as I, I come to, to finish up this podcast here, um, I, I just want to go and encourage you to know what the Bible teaches on prayer. If you're getting offended by somebody praying for the president, just in that idea. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm not necessarily talking about the content of, of David Platt's prayer here, just the general idea of his prayer. If you're getting upset because somebody prayed for the president, you, you got sin in your life and you need to deal with that. You take it to the cross, you need to repent of it. You need to go and you need to crucify your flesh because it is flesh. Perhaps some of the people out there who have this issue, uh, they, they have this issue with it because they don't understand forgiveness because they haven't been forgiven. They haven't accepted Christ as their savior. You know, this is the problem with the leftist politics of the day, and especially as it's been interwoven and it's been mixed with Christianity. And in Christianity, uh, the leftist side of Christianity has adopted social justice. It's adopted these things is that they don't understand forgiveness. They don't understand the fundamental idea of the gospel. And that fundamental idea of the gospel is what? Forgiveness. It's the first recognition that we have. The first realization that a Christian has after he's saved, maybe even the moments of his salvation, is that God has forgiven us greatly. The second one is likened to it, and that is because God has forgiven us, we can go and forgive others greatly. Folks, we need to realize these things, but we need to pray. Now, I I wouldn't be doing a good job as a podcast host if I didn't go and, and do a couple of shout outs here or a couple of promos. And we're 27 minutes in, which is our, our time limit uh, generally of what I'm shooting for. So my my promos are at the back end, which is, is basically podcasting 101 don't do list, but that's okay. There's an article that I wrote, and I'll go ahead and link it when I uh, put this post up when I when I publish this podcast, is, um, is it enough to just pray for the government officials? So, something like that is the, the title of it. I don't remember the title. But it's that idea of, is it enough just to pray? And, and the answer is no. It's not enough just to pray. You need to be active. You need to be involved because prayer without action is pointless. But you are called to pray. Don't be offended by, by praying, by just the idea that somebody pray. Don't do that. Take care of that sin. You need to pray. Then you need to pray light, rightly, as Scripture teaches. That idea of supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for those who are in authority. Specifically, in a sal- salvation uh, purpose or a sanctification purpose way, we need to be doing it in those two ways. That idea of of. Uh, supplication, their true need, either salvation or sanctification prayers, that idea of agreeing with God's will. Well, God wants them to be saved or God wants them to grow. Those are two safe things to say. The third thing is their intercessions. Okay. Go and intercede, take part in, recognize where you have come from. Make it personal. That idea of Lord, thank you for saving me. And that gets into that. Also that idea of uh, of thankfulness, the fourth one there, be, be thankful. But the idea of, Lord, I was once on that same boat that this person was in. Father, I thank you that I'm no longer on that boat, that my boat is heading in a different direction. Lord, I'm just a beggar trying to show the other beggars where the food is. We need to pray in that type of a manner, especially for our government officials, recognizing that all men are simply just men. Well, that's all we have time for today on The Shining Light Podcast. But for The Shining Light Podcast, this is Pastor Sam. And if you want to follow us, you can follow us on iTunes by looking up The Shining Light Podcast or Google Play. Uh, Also, you can find us on SoundCloud by looking at uh, the Gatekeepers Podcast Network. And you can also find us on YouTube by going to the Gatekeepers uh, online YouTube channel and of course, you can also find out lots of resources from the shining light Once again, it's the shining light Check it out, enjoy it, have a great day.